Hello and welcome to the Good Fight Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 15, and I'm really glad that I'm uh, with my uh, my partner Denver again this week and welcome him back to uh, to California after completing his year, uh, first year of, of uh, college at Southern Utah University. And so welcome back, Denver. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. Good to be home. Um, so it'll be nice to be here. Uh, this topic for uh, this week uh, is statesmanship. Um, and I really like this one. Uh, one of my classes we had uh, this semester was uh, foreign policy. So um, you know, foreign policy has a lot to do with statesmanship and vice versa. Um, and I think statesmanship is kind of not talked about enough, probably in today's politics, or not taken into account enough. And I think statesmanship is inherently a good thing. Uh, but I, uh, unfortunately, some have abused that gift that they, you know, have been given. And so that's kind of the issue we have. Yeah, and, and also it's got, it kind of brings up some interesting questions, especially in terms of the presidency. Can can a president who may not be, according to the definition, the the greatest statesman, still be a good good and effective president? So we'll kind of explore some uh, some questions uh, like that too, and yet it might be able to help us uh, better choose the candidates that we would vote for. Yeah, and it, it all kind of starts with defining what a statesman is, and so. Uh, we'll go ahead and do that after we take a short break. Our defining moment. <laughs> All right, and we are back to define statesmanship. Um, so I did a lot of searching uh, with different de definitions, and there's a lot of good ones, and there's not a lot of maybe not so good ones. Um, so I'm going to read two. And the first one was the first one that popped up. It's the Google definition. So this is going to be the first thing you see when you uh, Google the definition of statesmanship. So Google says a statesman is a skilled, experienced, and respected political leader or figure. And I think that's a really good start. However, if that's just the definition we use, there's going to be a large pool of people in that. So if we could narrow it down a little bit more, uh, I found another one from yourdictionary.com, and it says that a statesman is a person who shows wisdom, skill, and vision in conducting state affairs and dealing with public issues or one engaged in the business of government. So that kind of narrows it down a little bit. And that's kind of the first sense that we can get that a statesman, that being a statesman requires action uh, with issues that are outside of the United States. Okay, that, that makes sense. And that, that second one really kind of helps uh, narrow it down. And, and like you said, it means that there's some kind of involvement on the international stage um, uh, as well. So, you know, and you point out de dealing with conflicts is one thing, but conflict resolution uh, kind of is another thing. And so, um, uh, but the, the the statesman definitely should have a good feel for the international community. Yeah. And so I, I would kind of mention JFK in there um, because he dealt with a lot of conflicts. Um, and, you know, we can mention the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis and everything. Um, but he didn't have enough years in office or enough time to see an end to that. So it's, you know, I was going to mention him 
you know, in that, but I don't think he had enough time to define himself as a conflict resolution statesman. Um, He dealt with the conflicts, didn't really see an end to it, but obviously that was not his fault. Um, So, you know, that, that's kind of wishy-washy right there for him. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, and then I think it's good to realize that, that statesmanship includes the, uh, the ability to kind of, uh, 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 to predict uh, to to kind of diagnose uh, issues, to uh, assess the times, the people in the times, to to be able to deal with people, to have people skills, to know uh, how to how to negotiate things, and know what people's uh, interests are, and and how to uh, address those as they seek to kind of accomplish their their mission. And I, yeah. I love be, being pointed out that they they need to be a realist and not an idealist. Yep. No. That that point is really, really important. Um, and we'll kind of mention later on uh, some examples of, you know, what is a statesman or sorry, who is a statesman and maybe who wasn't a statesman or who wasn't a great statesman. Um, and a lot of that is kind of coming down to were they a realist or were they an idealist? Um, but, you know, even some of the people who are one of the person or one of the people that we're going to mention um who was not a statesman, who was not a good statesman. Uh, he was a, a realist. Um, so it, it, there are certain boxes you have to check, um, uh, but it's certainly an assessment of the times um, and being real and understanding uh, the world's issues and taking them head on for what they are, not what you think you want them to be or something like that. And I know I could mention that, you know, in a general sense, I think um, uh, the Democrats live more in that that fantasy world, uh, idealist world, where Republicans maybe live in more of the realist world, which I think that is a defining factor why I'm a Republican. You know, I, I can say that for myself, at least, I think. Okay. And just like with so so many other things that are kind of, uh, th- there's there's kind of an innate gifting to uh, that the, 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 the talent as opposed to a skill which can be developed and honed and improved uh, that that a, a good statesman is going to make things look relatively easy at least at least on the surface I mean there, there's a lot of hard work uh, underneath uh, the, the surface and 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 behind the scenes but uh, it's going to make make it look relatively easy and um, so it's it's kind of one of those things that arguably you you either have it or you don't. I mean, you can improve uh, and kind of make the best of the talent you have, but there are certainly some that are more gifted at that than others. Yeah, I think we've seen you know some examples. You know, experience is a great thing. You know, whether you know you're a good statesman or not, non-statesman, the more experience you have is is a good thing. And I think you could mention probably you know H. W. Bush in that and. You know, he was probably a really good, pretty good statesman, but he also had the experience. So he had kind of both those things. Um, uh, but certainly, you know, there are people out there who are just not statesmen. As much as maybe they would want to, um, they just don't have the knack. And that's kind of their God-gifted gift, ability, the people who do have it. Um, and, and those are the kind of people we tr- will want to try to seek to, to vote for. And But we'll kind of maybe explain a little bit more about that uh, coming up. But. Yep, we'll be right back uh, after the break with uh, some good news and our lightning round. Be right back.
All right, and we are back with the lightning round and the good news, which is going to kind of mesh together, which I think is a good thing uh, for the most part. So the good news is uh, there was a report out um, that the Supreme Court is going to rule uh, to do away with Roe versus Wade. You know, that's a good thing. We've been trying for that for decades and decades, the Republicans have. But, you know, with that good news, there's a little bit of uh, not so good news coming with that. And that is that this report was leaked, which is the first time anything has ever been leaked um, from the Supreme Court like this. Um, and that is not a good thing. We should be concerned about that. Uh, find the person who did it, uh, etc. cetera. Um, because we don't want any of the justices to change their opinion based upon public opinion. That's the whole thing about the Supreme Court is to have it remain independent from public opinion. Um, so we have to be careful about that. But to continue on the good news, it, this is a very good thing if it's followed through in a couple months. Yep. Now, and it, it is good news. And, and I think, I, and I hope and pray that it will be followed through on no matter what the short-term consequences are. Uh, if at this point, the, uh, the, the, the court, uh, flips and decides to go the opposite direction, uh, that will not bode well for uh, for us as a country. And I would hope that anybody of goodwill would not want that. No matter how they feel about the issue, that's not good. That, that leak was an egregious violation. It just certainly seems like a purposeful uh, attempt on somebody's part that doesn't like it. Uh, perhaps some uh, uh, Supreme Court clerk uh, or something to, uh, to, to overturn what the justices are saying. And uh, we, we cannot have that. I mean, I, in Denver, I, I wish I had more confidence in the FBI uh, and sadly uh, in, in Justice Roberts, who I'm disappointed with uh, the way he apparently is coming down on that uh, in, in no matter what they say to be able to really be serious about getting to the bottom of it. Yep, I absolutely agree. Um, so kind of bouncing off that is our, uh, the start of our lightning round. Um, and mine is, you know, it's, it's important to mention that with this ruling, it's not going to make abortion illegal. Um, uh, you know, you just hear some people like I was listening to Elizabeth Warren today. Wow. You know, she was just screaming that, you know, that how terrible this is and about how abortion will be illegal. And that's just not the truth. Uh, the truth is it's going to be turned back to the states to decide uh, for themselves um, uh, on this. And that's how it should be. And that's what we've been fighting for, like I've said, for decades and decades and decades, uh, 50 years uh, since this decision was made. Um, so abortion will not be illegal uh, on the federal level. It will be left to the states and, you know, as it should. Yeah. And I think it's really good for us to remember and for us to articulate that all this is the undoing of a very bad baseless decision uh, and exactly like Dred Scott was the separate but equal uh, uh, provision all it is the undoing of that it, it it looking back on it there's there's no reason other than just making up a law because that's what you want it to say uh, uh, there's no reason for that decision other than that 
And so it's back at the States, like you said, back where it belongs. And now if, if go ahead and make the case in the individual States and some States seems like they already are, I know California and we're fighting against that uh, infanticide bill right now that would legalize uh, killing a baby, even up to uh, a month after it's born, we're fighting that and we'll go through the process and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, But it's the, nothing anywhere near something that uh, that needs to be dealt with on the national level. Yeah. And I don't want to go on and on about this, but you know, I'm very happy with uh, the Republican party right now. Um, how uh, uh, cons- uh, persistent we have been on this issue. And I'm glad, and I'm glad we haven't wavered for 50 years. It took too long you know, to get to this point. Um, but I'm certainly happy it's happening and I'm alive to see it. You know, that, that's a really good thing. And for, for us as Christian believers, uh, I think we need to really realize that, that life, uh, God is the creator and the taker of life. And uh, that this is uh, not only has individual implications for the people, but for us as a nation to, to endorse this as a nation and embrace it uh, is, is very egregious. And so I think it's good for us to keep in mind. And it's also good to see it's not just uh, believers that are on this, that there are atheists, there are uh, all all kinds of people that are also concerned about this and Mm -hmm. are also pro-life too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, after this, we'll come back and we'll reveal our list of who... Who's been not? Who's naughty and nice? <laughs> who yeah, who, who are it. good okay. statesmen and who who are not? So uh, we'll leave you uh, waiting anxiously for that right after this break. Now that we've uh, talked about the definition of a statesman, let's talk about some examples. And, you know, Denver and I, as we discuss this, uh, you know, in terms of we can agree on you know, that the definition of a good statesman, somebody's, uh, first of all, that, that that we like what they accomplish, but there's somebody that's able to accomplish something good. But whether the ones on the other side of the issue are, are either poor statesmen or not statesmen at all, we'll just kind of leave that hanging. But we've got kind of a list on both sides. Just when I think about that term, to me, uh, the, the, there are two names that, that come to my mind immediately. And I think uh, even though uh, he's from across the pond, uh, Winston Churchill, I've heard described by many people as the, uh, the, the greatest political leader of the 20th century. And uh, I think certainly you could uh, uh, categorize him uh, pretty much universally as, as a great statesman, somebody that was able to read the times, to be able to deal on multiple levels, to accomplish uh, great things, and to, uh, to, to, to make it look fairly easy and uh, to be very inspirational, but just to, to work very, very hard. Uh, the other one I think that comes to mind is Teddy Roosevelt and that uh, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time in terms of the turn of the 20th century, the, the American century, uh, the, 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 the rise of America as a world power. He was really dedicated to building up the Navy and sending our ships to various ports where they hadn't gone before. His negotiation of the, the Russo-Japanese, uh, 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 Russo-Chinese War, um, uh, I think, uh, which won him the Nobel Prize, 
uh, was also, I think, in, represents his his knowledge and kind of savvy on the international stage. Well, I mean, the next one, we can kind of go with uh, his cousin, <laughs> uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Um, and he is somebody, when you think of American statesmen, who probably comes right to mind as well. Um, his dealing uh, with uh, uh, World War II, obviously gathering around allies and and as we mentioned before, how important uh, being a statesman is and working on the international level. FDR showed, uh, you know, that was one of his strong suits. Um, you know, having a lot of meetings um, with them, getting to know them, um, and having personal relationships and showed how important that was in dealing with international affairs. And, um, you know, FDR didn't see the end of World War II, um, but you know, I, I think because of his good work, you know, that was part of the reason why, you know, that, that came to an end uh, eventually. Yep. And I think uh, that it's Denver's point is very good that uh, we, I think we've articulated that uh, we're not real happy with a lot of FDR's policies and kind of playing fast and loose with the constitution and court packing and all that stuff. But uh, in, in retrospect, his, uh, his, his leadership, uh, during World War II is certainly certainly praiseworthy and significant. Yeah, yeah. So, um, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and do another one. Um, uh, George H. W. Bush, and we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Um, and you know, I, I think his work um, with ending the Cold War is not talked about enough. Um, so that's kind of why he was brought to mind, in my opinion. Um, it you know. He also had the experience of watching Ronald Reagan for eight years um, and uh, Reagan's dealing uh, with the relations with Gorbachev and, you know, how uh, tensions uh, eventually eased. If you look back on it because of some of that uh, relationship, well, George H.W. Bush uh, extended that. And then under his his watch, the Cold War ended. Um, so that's significant for him. So you take that in part with the experience that he had not only as vice president, but as CIA, CIA director, um, you know, he had the resume. Um, and I w will also mention he, you know, especially against Clinton, he probably should have gotten reelected, but that's a, another story for another podcast, I think. Yeah. And, and I like about him, uh, you know, he, in his distinguished career in government service, he, he lived and worked in China for, for, uh, for a number of years. And also I think his handling of the first Gulf war, um, I think really represented the statement statesmanship at its best in terms of the coalition building and uh, and all that enabled that uh, uh, that to be be handled and, and dealt with decisively. It took a long time to to build that, but uh, compared with how uh, his son uh, handled uh, the the uh, the Iraq War, uh, I think they're you know, very, very different. And I want to correct myself. Teddy Roosevelt uh, helped negotiate the end of the Russo-Japanese war, uh, not Chinese. Should have quit while I was ahead. That's what I said yeah. first. Oh, well. <laughs> well, do you want to finish up our statesmanship list? Oh, you go ahead, Denver. Well, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> um, and for him, he's kind of, he's got, he's got it all. He really had the charisma, which I guess we didn't really mention that in the definition. Um, but he really got along with uh, other leaders, um, kind of like an FDR in a sense in that way of having relationships and being well-respected on the international stage. Um, and his you know, savvy negotiating style. 
um, you know, kind of led to that. Um, and I mentioned with HW um, that obviously the Cold War did not end uh, under Reagan's watch. However, uh, I think he was influential in that. Um, and we have to give him a large part of credit um, uh, for that as well. Um, and uh, what he did with that. So, yeah. Yep. And I just in, in uh, observing some of his, his speeches on the international stage, um, with the his uh, speech at the Berlin Wall, or the the uh, the Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. Also, seen a very very dignified speech he made uh, to the both houses of the English Parliament, and just going around, he, it was a very dignified, uh, uh, confident presence that he was able to um, to to radiate. And I think that that's uh, kind, kind another important thing in statesmanship too is being able to garner and generate respect from numerous people in numerous different areas. Yeah. Yeah. And well, okay. Should we transfer over to the turn the page? We already mentioned the first one. Well, yeah. So (laughs) George W. Bush. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can, we can discuss different things about his presidency, but uh, probably the word statesman is not going to come up in his bio, at least if I'm writing it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it, it was far fetched from uh, his father. And, you know, you would think, you know, having a having a son, you'd be, you know, somewhat like your father. Well, not so much in the foreign policy aspect. Um, you know, we can mention like Brian did the Iraq, Iraq war, um, you know, with the WMDs and, you know, you could probably go on and on. Um, but, you know, for the sake of time, we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that and go on to our next one, which is Donald Trump. And this one's kind of you know, slightly fuzzy, because if you look at the accomplishments and, and nothing else, you would say that Donald Trump is hands down a statesman. Um, however, you know, part of the reason that we are, you know, hoping that maybe somebody else represents the party in 2024 is that Donald Trump does not have uh, the statesman uh, qualities that you look for. Um, he can be a loose cannon, and obviously that's not a great thing on the international stage. You know, when he goes and makes speeches and when he meets world leaders, you would hope to have a dignified individual doing so. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't think we could categorize him as a good statesman in that aspect. Here, here. And here's here's uh, the, 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 the next one is the person that caused us to wonder, well, is is a person who is not a good statesman really a statesman or not? And yeah. so uh, that person is Woodrow Wilson. And so uh, we could go on or I could go on for a long time. Uh, he certainly is on my list of the 10 worst or the most damaging presidents to our country uh, just because of his uh, – kind of disdain for the constitution, but, uh, you know, his, um, and, and yet I would argue that his, his 14 points, uh, for the ending of world war one, his, uh, advocacy for the league of nations, as much as we, uh, we are against globalism, uh, could make him a statesman, but I don't think that his statesmanship effort resulted in, uh, much that was actually positive for the country. Yep. I would 100% agree. And to finish up our, on our list, we we noticed that we'd mentioned all men, um, and maybe that's not completely fair. So we'll add Hillary Clinton to the non-statesman, <laughs> <laughs> um, or at least not a good one. Um, with her uh, work as Secretary of State, as an example, with Benghazi, with Benghazi, excuse me, 
Um, and, you know, so, you know, for the sake of time, again, we won't go too much into it, but um, we would certainly add her to that list. Maybe she was a states, uh, statesman, but not a good one. She certainly burned up a lot of jet fuel flying around the world, but what that yeah, all that accomplished. Yeah. And also we had admit to mention under the good statesman, uh, another uh, uh, English citizen, Margaret Thatcher. And um, so I think that that's, if you're looking for someone that could be considered that, who's a woman um, that Margaret Thatcher could be put on that list. Yeah, I agree. So to kind of wrap this whole idea up, um, we're going to use kind of Trump as an example uh, to drive the point home. Uh, statesmanship does not determine an effective presidency as far as getting things done, as we mentioned, and, and Trump showed that. Um, so, like we said, we'd like to see somebody else uh, represent the Republican Party in 2024. Um, so, statesmanship, um, you know, showing respect, <laughs> knowing when to shut up, um, you know, Trump, that's what Trump is lacking. Uh, so it's an, important to the candidate we're choosing, but it's not necessarily important to um, uh, being a good president. Uh, we should try to find uh, the leaders who exemplify this type of statesman uh, uh, persona, along with many other things. So, you know, obviously there will never be another FDR, Ronald Reagan, etc. cetera. Uh, but we definitely should be trying to find the next person to add to that list because, it, like we said earlier, statesmanship is inherently a good thing. Well said. And uh, this segment's running kind of long, so we'll uh, we'll wrap this segment up and then be right back with our conclusion and quote of the week. Okay. Here we are to wrap up this episode about statesmanship, uh, kind of a little bit more uh, positive and upbeat than some of the, the other things, important things we've been covering. So that that's kind of nice. Uh, so uh, we hope hope it was helpful. You'll food for thought, and maybe you can uh, kind of develop your list and and think through the uh, who you think are the the great statesmen that uh, that you think are are there from history, and and use that to help us decide. Uh, who we're best to vote for in the future. Yep. So yeah, we do thank everybody for listening and we really enjoy hearing from everybody uh, feedback. Um, so if you'd like to give your comments or uh, uh, follow us on Facebook, our, our email is goodfight at uh, goodfight71 at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, just goodfight has uh, our picture on there. Uh, email us with whatever um, uh, you have topic suggestions ideas, comments, questions, um, you know, we, we're open to it all. We want to communicate with you guys. And it, it really is helpful when we hear from you. So. Here's our quote of the week. And one of the reasons I like this quote is that it, uh, it can be applied to an individual or it can be applied to us as citizens in terms of our, our goals, how we look toward the future. And uh, once again, it comes from Ronald Reagan. He says, the challenge of statesmanship is to have the vision to dream of a better, safer world and the courage, persistence, and patience to turn that dream into reality. I'm going to say it one more time. The challenge of statesmanship is to have the vision to dream of a better, safer world and the courage, persistence, and patience to turn that dream into reality. 
you know what, with that courage, persistence, and what was the other one? Patience. That can be applied to right now what we're seeing with uh, Roe versus Wade, you know, 50 years of that. Um, so, you know, that's another reason why I like the quote. <laughs> yep. And Lord, raise up leaders that will be able to exhibit all these things with your help and power and help us all to seek to emulate and practice them in uh, order to be the best citizens we can and to find our place in the good fight. Oh, nice branding right there. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back uh, again, hopefully next week with a new episode. Great to be back with you, Denver. Keep up the good fight. God bless. Bye.